Hello and welcome to you and welcome to another episode of The Fitness Solution. Today I have a wonderful episode lined up for you as I sat down a couple of weeks back now and spoke to Danielle Roberts. Now I'm not sure if you'll know who she is but she is starting an app for disabled people to help them get into fitness and it's called Unlimited You Fit. I put the link in the description below and it really was a wonderful chat that I had with her because Disabled people get marginalized very quickly in the fitness industry. And I've heard stories time and time and time again of disabled people not being taken seriously and not feeling comfortable um, and just generally having a bad time of it with personal trainers, with gyms themselves and everything else. And it really is something that the fitness industry needs to do a lot better on. I tried to do my bit for for the cause as best I can, like having people like Danielle on the podcast, like having very open conversations with one of my clients who does have a disability and we work very well together and she's actually achieving some great things inside the Fitness Collective too and it's wonderful to see. So I am known as the gym starter and I like to try and make fitness as accessible for everyone and anyone as best I can. I don't get it right all of the time but I just want to open up the floor and I want to inspire people, everybody, anybody to try and make a change. And luckily, Danielle, today's guest, has exactly the same attitude, which is marvellous. If you would like to join the Fitness Collective and get coaching from me, myself, Adam Berry, then you're more than welcome to. It's linked in the show notes below, uh, or you can just head to www.thegymstarter.com and it's all on there. It's a fantastic group full of educational resources, full of workouts, full of recipes, you name it, it's in there. It's your one-stop shop for fitness and fat loss advice. And I cannot wait to help you in your journey. Right, that's enough of me blabbering along. Let's head over to the interview with Danielle Roberts. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fitness Solution and coming to you this week live from sort of near Birmingham, um, it's all one place as far as I'm concerned, is Danielle Roberts uh, and Danielle, um, I found Danielle on the good old gram and she uh, runs a company called Unlimited You Fit, which is quite close to my heart due to one of my clients and we'll get into all of that and what she does and why it's been created and all the rest of it. But yeah. Danielle's a very special human being, and there's a reason she's on the podcast. Um, so we're going to get straight into it, and we're just going to figure out everything you want to know about everything. So Danielle, say hey. Hi, everyone. How are you today? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm grand. This is that awkward moment. We have to pretend we didn't just have a little chit-chat for 10 minutes <laughs> before I hit the record button. Uh, but it's it's always the case. So um, I'm... Uh, so I mentioned your company, and I know a little bit about you because we had that little chat beforehand. But why don't you just tell the listeners, tell the audience exactly who you are, what you do, why you got into it, and just give it to us all because it's really interesting and it's definitely something that I feel personally needs bigging up a lot um, due to the people I've worked with in in my career. And um, and I think it's a really interesting facet. And I also think all of my listeners will probably know someone they could probably pass it on to. So let's get to it. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, um, I'm Danny, I'm 23, 
as Adam just said, I'm from near Birmingham. Um, and yeah, so essentially, um, I suffered a disability at birth called a brachial plexus injury, um, which is a group of nerves that attach to your spinal cord that kind of control your shoulder, your arm and your hands. Um, and during birth, um, most of those nerves were severed from my spinal cord due to uh, doctors being negligent. Um, but I kind of grew up playing sport. Um, football was kind of my biggest sport. And I played um, in with non-disabled players for the majority of my like my playing career. Um, but yeah, eventually I ended up going into disability football and played with um, Aston Villa, um, which was an incredible experience. Um, but yeah, as I got older, I just found it more and more difficult to have those opportunities to kind of be active and to find the right way to do exercise for me. So when I was studying my master's degree at university, I um, actually started experiencing like a large bit of pain and I just knew that I needed to be more active and do more things. And I just couldn't find any workouts that were kind of accessible for me. And I tried to get a personal trainer. Hmm. In my area, there was just like not many people knowledgeable. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm laughing because one of my clients, uh, Natalie, she loves me talking about, I talk about all the time to be honest, she's got cerebral palsy. And... Um, her cerebral palsy affects basically the lower half of her body and her legs are, are just they they're just non-optimal basically not optimal that's the wrong word to use um i still struggle she'll be laughing if she listens to this because she knows how much i worry about making sure i use the right terminology when i talk about it but her legs just don't function like mine do and um and she said that she went to like a few personal trainers she went to a few classes and stuff like that and she'd like go up to the guy doing the class and she'd be like i, I can't do a squat and he'd be like, well, then you can't do the class. Get out. And that was it. And that was her experience of fitness for the, her disability. And um, and it kind of left the feeling really crappy, as you could imagine. And, like, there's just nothing out there. There's no um, there's no understanding. And, like, to just to not even be willing to try and come up with a alternative, to not even be willing to try and work with the human being that's in front of you and to just say you can't do fitness because you're disabled – just when she told me the story, I was nearly in tears. It it, it disgusted me so much. And um, and since then, I mean, I, I took her on as a client and it was my pleasure. In fact, I've got a funny story about that as well. But this is about you, not about me. And um, <laughs> and uh, and she's now worked with me for like three and a half years solidly, a week in, week out. I've just got a text from her now. And um, she's doing fantastic. She's in, she's in the wheelchair basketball uh, uh field and she's how i found you it was through her page um on instagram that i came across you so yeah i mean I, the fitness industry and i apologize on behalf of the fitness industry to the disabled population of the united kingdom we need to do a much better job yeah i mean i think it's an experience that a lot of disabled people face mm. um and it's, it's such a shame because i think it doesn't need to be that way at all and like you said it's just about talking with that human being and figuring out what they can do rather than focusing on what they can't and then together you'd be able to come up with a solution that's true of every human being yeah yes that's true of absolutely everything and everyone like you need we all need to focus on what someone can do as opposed to what they can't do once we start educating and empowering the client in front of us the better a client they're going to be. They're going to be more adherent. They're going to be more inspired. They're going to be higher motivated. And we're just going, you can do this. Like nothing is, 
Like, it doesn't matter if it's optimal or not. It's optimal for that human being. It doesn't matter if it, well, you know, what's optimal for me is what's not optimal for you. But what's optimal for you won't be optimal for me. So it's it's a completely and utterly um, subjective point of view. And as objective personal trainers, we need to be much better at empathizing and sympathizing with with the people in front of us. What was your experience with the personal trainer you found? What happened? Um, yeah, they just kind of weren't interested. I think one of the biggest problems for me as well was kind of like when I first started joining the gym, um, for like the first two years, I literally only used about like two or three pieces of equipment in the gym because I had no idea how I was supposed to use the equipment with one arm. Like I couldn't even adjust the seat height because you need two arms to do it. Absurd. Um, so yeah, I was. It was really funny because I would literally like sit in the gym waiting to find someone who was like a similar height to myself, and then when they'd gone on the machine, I'd, I'd jump be like, on after them. <laughs> yeah, but that makes that makes going to the gym such an inconvenience for you, doesn't it? Yeah, literally. Like majority of the time, I couldn't really go on my own because, like, I couldn't, like I said, adjust like the equipment to like be. Yeah. The, the correct way for me um so I, I used to have to wait and have someone go with me which is exactly the opposite of what you want from the gym because it's all about giving someone that independence and helping yeah. them live a healthier ha- healthier life absolutely indeed it is and and how did you find it in terms of football i was a semi-professional football referee uh for a long period of my life and um yeah and i've, I've always found i've always i personally found football especially like that kind of level of football that you was at especially when it comes to that kind of um, adjusting for individuality. I was always really quite encouraged by it. I always thought they did quite a good job in the Premier League and and those kind of tier one, tier two clubs. Um, They always ran good operations and were very open and honest and and did the best they could within what they could do. Uh, What was your experience in all of that? No, yeah, my experience in football has always been, like, incredible. Um, So, like, probably up until, like, 14, 15, I played, like, with... Um, able-bodied yeah and how did you find that literally like I was just another player I wasn't any different to anybody else um the only thing I couldn't do obviously was take throw-ins which isn't really that (laughs) or playing golf (laughs) yeah exactly but literally wasn't a big deal um yeah yeah, and I learned so much from playing football you know not just like the physical health stuff but like transferable skills that I use like every day must have been great for your confidence as well yeah yeah I absolutely love football like even though I don't play anymore it's still like a massive part of my life Um, I'm still constantly watching it and yeah it's a shame you have to watch West Brom though isn't it I know I know (laughs) (laughs) so um what position did you play on the football field yeah so I was a defender um I'm quite surprised yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's a very physical um, position and, you know, like it's always the defenders causing the problems whenever I was refereeing them. So like either fact, you, you know, you was able to do that at such a high level. That's incredible. Yeah, I, like, I don't really think I ever felt any barriers when I was playing football um, until actually I went into the disability um, sports sector because um, because I'm a female. There's actually not um, like those professional pathways for um, disabled female football players. And so so what happened? So, yeah, so at Aston Villa, it was um, a boys' team, a male team that I was playing with. And then, yeah, I started 
training regularly and playing all the games and then essentially um we had like some coaches from like England as well come along and they basically pulled me to one side and said look you, you can't play anymore because oh, you're female oh, um, wow. and the only thing you could do is go back into um, an able-bodied um, league that that was the only option I had which at that time um, because of my disability I, I didn't have the upper body strength to play yeah. at that level anymore um, yeah. So, so yeah it just wasn't an option for me at, at that time Right, fair enough. How did that make you feel? Yeah, rubbish, obviously. I mean, football, like I said, it was a huge part of my life. And up until that point was literally the only thing that I kind of felt I was any good at. And yeah, everything from making friends to to staying healthy was football. That's all I, all I did. It was all I, all I knew. Um, so yeah, it was really rubbish. And But that's when I started getting into the gym. So it's kind yeah. of led me to this path that I'm on now so and so tell us tell us about on unlimited you fit uh, is that is that right have I called it right yeah 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 perfect go on yeah. tell us all about it tell us what it is because it sounds astounding and it's, it sounds like something that's just phenomenal so go 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 yeah so essentially um it's going to be an online fitness platform where disabled people will actually be able to find accessible and inclusive workouts that they can do and follow along all the exercises are actually demonstrated by a disabled person. Excellent. Um, so none of that, you know, following someone who's just pretending to have an injury. <laughs> what, <laughs> um, that actually happens? All the time, yeah. Are you joking? No. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah. So there's people like on YouTube and stuff pretending to have a leg injury just so they can do a workout for someone. Yeah, they'll be like, well, this is like a seated workout for anyone with like a leg injury. or And I'm just like, oh, God, this is a bit cringe. Like, Fair enough. I mean, I'll, I'll come clean. I've done a seated workout. But that was um, that was uh, the uh, request of Natalie. And, uh, and I said to her, well, you know, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And she kind of designed it for me and said, go do it. It'd be great. And I'll show it with all my friends and stuff. So if I'm guilty of, of, of that, then I apologize. But no, um, I, I think thought that I... Yeah, go on. No, go on. Yeah, no, I think that's like completely acceptable because you was kind of working with a client and you've worked with that client closely, so you understand the yeah. kind of barriers that she's faced. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, yeah. I mean, it came organically. I'd never have kind of done it out in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. Just randomly. Oh, let's see if I can get some disabled clients on board. That's a bit. <laughs> that's that's a bit. Uh, what's the word? Opportunistic. Yeah, but I mean, if you just like jump onto YouTube and search like a seated workout, they'll advertise them for um, like, oh, this is for your your disabled anyone with a mobility issue or an injury can do this seated workout, and then it's like someone that's fully abled and non-injured um, demonstrating all the workouts. Right, fair enough. How yeah. do you um? So 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 sorry, we digressed, didn't we? So unlimited you fit. So it'd be full of. It's all going to be demonstrated by disabled personal trainers or just disabled athletes that you know. How how are you building it? It's a mix. It's a real mix at the minute, which I personally kind of love. So I've got a couple of disabled personal trainers, a couple of athletes. Um, and then I've also just got disabled people who are looking to like, work out and be a bit more active and healthier. Um, and yeah. they, they reached out and was like, I'd love to do a workout. Just tell me what I've got to do. Um, so I, I put the workout together um, and sent it over to them. And then they did it. And then obviously I check it to make sure form and everything is good because I don't yeah. Putting out bad content, um, but yeah. Excellent. How do people like get involved with it? Literally, just drop me an email. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. What and and what is there a cost attached? Is it your business? What is it, or is it just a, a resource? Yeah. So we're planning on um, kind of making it subscription based. Yeah. Uh, platform where we'll kind of always try and release new content every month and we'll have mm-hmm. some like healthy recipes and like mm-hmm. community attached to it um because yeah like at the minute there's actually not a fitness app for disabled people right. um and obviously given the situation that we're in i think everyone's relied heavily on fitness apps at the minute and yeah there's just no resources for disabled people and i think it's time that changed fair enough that sounds great. So is it an app someone will be able to download? Like, is it still in its gestation period? When's it going to be released? What's the situation? Yeah, I'm hoping towards the end of August, like early okay. September, at the, at the very latest. Um, I'm just kind of, the trouble is, is trying to build all the content. Yeah. It, it's such, like, so time consuming. And Tell me about it. <laughs> and yeah, obviously, for me, it's really important that I actually work with disabled people and have them demonstrating the exercise as well. So it's finding people willing to come on board and work out and film a workout for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, if you need if you need a, a beast of strength and uh, and just hardcore amazement, then I'll give you Natalie's number. She'll uh, she'll definitely put something together for you without a shadow of a doubt. Um, She's phenomenal. So I'm sure she'd like, I'm sure she'd, I'm, I'm volunteering her, but I know she'd get involved. And she's, she's much, she's very much a disabled um, activist as well. Like, you know, she works for a disabled charity. It's all about making sure venues, because there's a big issue with venues and um, their, uh, their accessibilities and, and how good they are at basically accommodating for disabled people. And she works for a charity that's all about making sure all that gets transformed at like Reading Festival, Doddinghurst and all these kinds of places. So, yeah, I reckon she'd be well up for, for helping you out, get a bit of content, extra content for you. Sound good? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So um, that's great. I mean, yeah. What, how do you, I'm, I'm interested with your single arm issue. Um, yeah. Is that okay to call it a single arm issue? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like a bull in a china shop sometimes. So I'll say something and I'll be like, oh crap, was that wrong? So just tell me <laughs> if I'm being bang out of order. I won't take offense. Um, how, do you, how have you managed to make sure you've maintained balance in your body to the best of your ability? And how do you, because uh, I've been writing a lot about balance recently, actually, um, mainly to do with motivation and inspiration, but that's a whole other side story. Uh, but yeah, I imagine if you have if you have no access to to one arm, it's your right arm, isn't it? Yeah. And you you what you, you literally physically just can't move it, or you can't independently move it. Yeah, so um, I can't independently move it. Um, okay. It's very little. So I actually had my one of my pec muscles transferred to my bicep to try and give me that that flexion and extension oh wow um yeah wow what an operation (laughs) yeah that's amazing and when did you have that done i had it done when i was like a child like really really young right Uh, so yeah it's kind of been growing all my life it's kind of a really good um, movement that i've got now so i can kind of do like a bicep curl that's pretty much the that's fantastic um but yeah that's amazing and so um so do you like I suppose you know no different do you so for me to say do you feel disbalanced or anything like that you 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 obviously it is who you are isn't it there's no you've never known something else so I imagine it just feels completely and utterly normal for you yeah it does feel normal but at the same time obviously like I can tell that there's obviously loads of muscle imbalances going on and 
it's just about trying your best and I always say even though my movement is really minimal and limited um it's all about using what you have um so I'll do like passive movements and I can do like a shoulder shrug so I'll do like my bicep curls and shoulder shrugs and try and make the most of what I've got because I think that's so important as well yeah of course it is I mean that's a great message to put out there for anyone just you use what you have to the best of your ability right yeah exactly yeah um so what would like an upper body workout look like for you um pretty much what it would look like for anybody else i just do it with one arm <laughs> okay oh perfect good and um that's amazing yeah have you since been able to find like comfort in the gym yeah so i mean prior to covid and lockdown and everything um i was going a lot um but actually i was I kind of got to a point where every time I went to the gym, someone would make a horrible comment and tell me, yeah, they'd literally come up to me in the middle of the gym and be like, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like a personal trainer myself. I'm qualified. I know what I'm doing. So I thought one time, I'm just going to hear them out. I'm just going to see what they say, like why I'm doing it wrong. And they were like, oh, you're meant to be using two arms. (laughs) And I'm like, seriously? Do Do you think they just wasn't aware that you were disabled? Possibly, because to be fair, if I'm like wearing a long sleeve T-shirt or a jumper, it's probably not that noticeable. Okay, so is it quite noticeable if you used to just see your arm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, every time you go to the gym and you get these comments, it's really off-putting. So at at the minute, I'm actually just building a gym in my back garden. So I don't actually go to the gym anymore. That just breaks my heart, though. It really breaks my heart because, I mean, one thing I tell all of my clients when they first step into the gym, no matter who they are, is like, this is your safe space. Like, this is, this is, I want this to be as much as a comfort for you as your bed, right? It's not going to be as easy as your bed, but I want it to be as much as a, a safe space for you as your bed. Like, there is nothing you can't say in here. There is nothing you can't do. If you want to come in here and just swear about your kids for an hour, come in here and swear about your kids for an hour. If you want to come in here and, punch the wall for an hour come in here and punch a wall for i don't care what you do really like this is your safest space like with me talking to me we're going to work on you and and anything goes there's no right or wrong just exploration and all i want from you is just for you to show up and be yourself i don't need anything else and and that's what the gym should be for everyone and it's it's so sad that it's not it's so sad that there's big swathes of the population that just don't feel comfortable in there and just feel judged every time they step into it and and feel and and it comes from extreme lack of empathy from the general public and the fitness industry for all types of people um that's that's incredibly sad i mean it's lovely that you're building your own gym that'd be much easier for you to get content yeah (laughs) no yeah like you are right i think the gym it's, it, it is a safe place for so many people um but yeah for like a large as long as those people are able-bodied yeah exactly what do you think what do you think people need to do what do you think the the fitness industry could do to transform it like if you if you could like build your dream gym um for disabled people able-bodied people people of all creeds um and races what would you like what would that look like to you what kind of attitudes and mantras would you adopt what kind of programs would you design like what what, you must have thought about it right yeah of course yeah so what does it look like 
Yeah, so like for me, being at like a single arm, um, it sounds so stupid, but one of the biggest issues for me is removing weights that people have left on the machines. No, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Wow. Like, and you know what? I'm terrible for doing that myself, right? I mean, I don't use machines very often, but it's like, I'm sort of finished three sets of six or whatever, and I'm exhausted. I'm like, last thing I want to do is strip a bar down. But that's extremely selfish. And I know it's something I need, I personally need to work on. And especially post-COVID, like, I'm going to have to work on it a lot more because you have to. So I'll have to do it. And it's a great way of burning some extra calories, right? And yeah. um, But that's, yeah. So, like, num the number one rule would be re-rack your weights yeah literally and like don't leave dumbbells like all over the floor like if someone's in a wheelchair yeah, and they're that's ridiculous up, yeah like it's just crazy it's it's basically just like your common sense stuff firstly that would like yeah. massively improve access to everybody and then and then what secondly what else would improve access to everybody i think just normalizing disability and differences right and how so do we go about doing that have more disabled personal trainers have more disabled people leading fitness classes have you know not not just even disabled people like different races different genders like more diversity in the fitness industry in general is like so needed yeah and but yeah i, I couldn't agree more do you think do you think part of the reason that doesn't exist is because of how at the minute how inaccessible it is yeah so, yeah. people just don't see it as an opportunity for them yeah definitely i think for people in wheelchairs and people with mobility issues there's a massive task in front of them to even get to the gym like how, how are they going to get there is there a taxi that's accessible available is there a bus that's accessible that's available do they have a car have they got to wheel themselves there because if it's like three miles and they've got to push themselves in the wheelchair that's like a far away yeah that's a ridiculous warm-up like there's like so many like other things that disabled people have to think about before they even get to the gym mm. so then when they get to the gym the last thing that they need is for that environment environment to be so difficult and toxic yeah absolutely god blimey what a discussion eh yeah how do you and and what about the brains of people how do we change those I mean, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it, just eh? Isn't it? No, um, I'm not sure. I think, to be honest, half of it is just having conversations like this. I think some people don't even realise, like, the difficulties that some people face. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think when I first started working with Natalie... So the, the story that I have about her is um, I... When she first showed up, I thought she had... Um, well, she's got cerebral palsy, but I thought she had cystic fibrosis, um, which is like a, a, a medical lung condition. And um, and I don't know why I thought that. She Because she messaged me cerebral palsy, but I just read it as cystic fibrosis. I don't know why. And then she came into the gym, and I, I remember her kind of walking up to the gym. And I, I, I was like, huh, I thought... You, I was like, so, okay, cool. So, like, in my brain, I was just having this argument with myself, okay, not what I was expecting or the rest of it and everything else. That's fine. And then I said to her, so let's talk about your disability. She was like, I've got cerebral palsy. I was like, wait, it's not cystic fibrosis. She was like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. And then we had to spend like 10 minutes having a chat about that. And, um, and it was so funny. And I said to her in that first session, I was like, look, I mean, I, I, and I suppose this is, if, if you're a personal trainer listening to this, 
And I can only talk from my, my experience with, with my client. I can't talk about everybody. And I think I'm very lucky in the fact that Natalie is very, she's very strong-minded and she's a very, um, she's very understanding of who she is and how the world, uh, how she operates with the world and how the world operates with her. She's very aware of it and she's not bitter about anything. She's very happy-go-lucky, easygoing kind of person, which is, which is really, really nice. And, um, and, but if you are a fitness pro, like just, I, I just thought, I've just got to be completely honest here. And I just said to her, I have zero experience in training someone who is disabled. I have zero experience in your particular disability because your particular disability calls up all kinds of different issues in different people. There's no, like, it's not a generic standard. Um, and I said to her, you know, there might be times where I'm just like, I'm just going to sit you down and we'll just do some arm work, some chest work, some shoulder work, stuff like that, just for safety. So I grow my confidence in training you and, and you grow your confidence in being trained and, and we develop that relationship together. And we both had to kind of enter into this contract of real trust in each other, understanding, but also one of like just no bullshit. Like, no, I didn't, I didn't have to pretend, like, I had to drop my ego and just be like, I'm going to learn as I go with you and I hope that's okay because I can't do it any other way. And, and she was cool with that totally. And I was like, and if I think so, if you think something's not safe, you tell me if I think something's not safe, I'll tell you if, if I'm worried about something, you can tell me whether I should get on my horse and go, or you can tell me whether you're willing to give it a try and we'll just see what happens. And luckily she, she's one of the kind of people who always says yes to everything. She'll say yes to, you know, I'll, I'll tell her to an overhead press and she'll be like, yeah, okay, no worries. And to see how much she's grown in the three years I've worked with her is huge. Like the exercise she does now compared to how she was when she first showed up. And it just shows that, that being honest in that initial relationship, understanding in that initial relationship and just on both sides of the equation is incredibly important. But I think obviously the disabled person is more likely to be able to be like that. Um, because they understand that it's probably going to intimidate most personal trainers, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, who, like, people say, like, you need to go on all these courses and do all this training, but in reality, there's not really, like, a, a course that you can go to because, as you just said, like, every single disabled person is completely different. Well, they're a person. Everybody yeah, exactly. is different. Yeah, but in terms of even like disability, you could have two people with the exact same diagnosis and yeah. their like abilities would be completely different. So it's just about, I think, like you said, it's it's trust and it's having that trust in each other to try new things and to also have that line where you're like, okay, I'm not comfortable with that. Mm. And, ne and neither of you taking that as an offence. Like me yeah. as the trainer, I never took offence if Natalie went, nah, it's not going to happen. I was like, okay, well, what can happen? I'd always look for what could we do as opposed to getting fixated on her not doing what she wanted. And I then had to make my peace with my own ego in that it might not be ideal for her goals. Like it might not be in terms of like the, let's say she wanted to lose weight in terms of the exercise we was doing and I needed her to do a deadlift or something like that. Um, and in terms of her programming, but she on that day was just too knackered to do it, or she was just too, she just didn't feel safe that particular day or whatever, which is perfectly fine. I had to let go of all the work I'd planned on all what I wanted to achieve of her 
And I just had to respect her for who she was at that moment in time. And and I had to let my ego go as a trainer. And even though it might not be ideal for her in that moment, it really is. Yeah, I think that's, like, again, like, I think disability is so inconsistent. Mm. And I think that's something a lot of people don't understand. I think Absolutely. People, you have this disability and then that's the way it is. But day to day, your day could be completely different. One day you could be full of pain. The next day you could be virtually pain free. It just depends. Mm. And some days you'll be able to show up at the gym and you'll be able to give 90%. And other days you'll show up and only be able to give like 10%. But I think the biggest thing is that you actually show up and give that 10%. And I've, as you've just said, like your program, your programming wasn't as you wished it to be for that particular day because she didn't she didn't have it in her to do those particular exercises on that day. But it doesn't mean that it's not worth turning up or doing that that little bit of 10% because doing something is better than nothing, right? Nothing can come of nothing. If exactly. we invest in nothing, we get nothing in return, as Shakespeare says. Well, King Lear says it, but it was Shakespeare's words. Um, yeah, no, a thousand percent. But, you know, like, again, I think the, I think really the nub of this conversation, which I'm loving, is the fact that disabled people are just people because yeah. it's the same as me. Sometimes I'll get to the gym and I just cannot be effed. I just cannot. <laughs> I just do not have the energy to work out that day. I just don't. And that's for whatever reason. Maybe I had drank four beers the night before, or maybe I just had a bad night's sleep, or, you know, and for, you know, uh, women who are listening, like maybe it's just the wrong time of, of, you know, the weeks, or maybe your kids have had you up all night, or whatever it might be. We all go through bouts of energy and no energy. We all go through bouts of a weird ache and pain here and, and not a weird ache or pain there. And yeah, I understand there's probably a bigger magnifying glass on certain aspects of that in a disabled person's life or the frequency of that occurring might be a little bit higher. But it's no different, essentially, is it? Literally, no, it's exactly the same. This is what I always say, like, I'm no different to anybody else, like... Like you said, some days you'll be motivated, other days you won't. Some days you'll feel like smashing out your PBs and achieving all the weights that you want to lift. And then other days you'll be like, nah, I can't do that today. Yeah. And that's what it is. I think it's just going with the flow and feeling what you feel and doing what feels right in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah, screw, screw optimization. It doesn't mean you can't achieve, you can't achieve what you want to achieve. Like consistency is number one for everybody consistency is what drives you forward and if you can be ruthlessly consistent then you're going to achieve what you want to achieve at the right period of time one thing i have noticed with um disabled people that i talk to and i've come across is one thing they don't have compared to general population um is they very rarely put a strict time limit on their goals yeah and i think that's 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 a massive facet to be learned from um like they really understand the concept of the less strict you make your time restraint for your goals the more you're going to succeed and be able to be consistent and you're going to just respect the process a lot more you're all very much and i'm speaking i know i'm speaking in general terms but it's just from my experience it feels like to me you're all very much better at being very present in the process than you are necessarily just kind of focusing on the result yeah I think I think well personally for me yeah I'm like that because like I have to keep trying mm. like 
like it sounds really silly but like even like making a sandwich with one arm is like difficult <laughs> I mean, I, like i'm not if, if i if i set myself the challenge of trying to live my life with one arm for a day I would, I'd be exhausted by the end of it, and I know I would give up within about five minutes, right? I can't imagine how hard it must be, and no one can. Yeah, but, like, as, as like, a young female, like, one of the biggest issues that I've faced is being able to tie up my own hair. Right, yeah. Yeah, so for, like, 17 years, it literally... one of the hardest things ever. I practised, like, for 17 years, and I couldn't figure it out, and I didn't figure it out until I was, like, literally 17, and that day was so huge. And I just had to keep trying. I knew eventually I'd figure out a way that worked for me. And eventually I got there because I just kept trying and I kept trying. And it was a little goal that I had. And I could have given up when, like, years before when I was younger. Um, and I could have put a time limit on it and been like, right, I'm going to do this by, by the age of 12. That's what I'm aiming for. And if, if I'd have just stopped when I was 12 because I hadn't figured it out at that point, I never would have been able to tie my hair up for like the rest of my life. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, and that, but that brings up another conversation of how interesting, like the advantage, like one of the probably unthought of advantages of being disabled is that you develop, you probably, I, I want, I know what I want to say, but it's not the words I particularly want to use, okay? So I want to say, you get used to the feeling of failure and then that driving you forward again, right? Yeah. Um, like you said in your example, like you got to the age of 12, that was your your aim and it didn't happen, but you knew you had to carry on. And you knew that by only not managing it at 12, you could then carry on and keep growing and then eventually you'll get there. See, whereas I think, and I think those lessons as you're growing up through life probably teach you a very good lesson for life, right? Yeah. Um, and they just keep you... And and I think it's a, a definite mental fortitude that I know I personally don't have. I know if I got to 12 and I wasn't able to do that, I probably would have given up. But that's because I live in a different context to you. Yeah, I, like for, for me and for like a lot of disabled people I know, it's like all the tiny victories that happen. Yeah. Even before gotcha. the massive victory. Like... But, that should be, but that should be true of everyone. We should all celebrate the tiny victories because that keeps Absolutely. us present. Absolutely. That, like... I suppose really at the nub of it, we get into the bottom of like, I suppose every day is just kind of like, I imagine f for many people who are severe, like severely disabled, every day is another win for them, right? Yeah, probably. I can't, I can't speak to that. No, no, I know. But I, I'm just, I, I don't know, my imagination's running away with me. But that <laughs> must be quite an empowering feeling as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's great. Oh, what a lovely thought. And that's definitely something we don't have. Like, as, as, and, uh, I don't have as an able-bodied person. I know I definitely, and I know like from the experiences of my clients, they don't have that. How, how has your disability, uh, has it had any mental health issues? Has it created anything there or has it all been okay? Um, I think I've been really lucky actually. Like I haven't really experienced any mental health issues or anything like that, but that's I know phenomenal. that a lot of disabled people do. Yeah. I think if, if I'd had acquired my injury later on in life and I hadn't been born with it, it might have been a different story. Absolutely. Um, but, have, you, uh, have you ever met anyone who did end up with your injury later on in life? Um, not face-to-face. -face. Okay. Um, obviously, as a child, I was always in like hospitals and stuff like that, yeah. but it, it was typically people with the exact same injury from 
acquiring it in the exact same way. Um, yeah. So yeah, you typically kind of meet the same same group of people, which is a bit weird because in the real world that would never happen. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so many different disabilities. Um, but yeah, I have met a few people who have acquired disabilities later on in life. Um, but I don't really know them like to have a discussion like this. Yeah, of course. But yeah, yeah. I know. I met a guy who actually lost his leg playing football. Wow. Uh, yeah. It was like a horrible tackle and it like seven and up. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, yeah. And he said it's been like pretty difficult for him to kind of overcome that and to readjust to his life. Um, yeah. I, personally, I, I don't know how I'd cope with acquiring a disability now, but I mean, having one arm, it's something that I do constantly think about because I know at some point in my life, there's going to come a time where I have overuse issues with my left arm right. and I'll probably get arthritis and all stuff okay. like this. So it's something that, you know, I'm constantly thinking about and always try and be as healthy as I can because I have to look after what I've got. Uh -huh. This might be, this might be a ridiculous question and please tell me if it is, but it's just popped into my head after what you said. Are you now, are you, is your dominating side, your left side or your right side? Like by birth, do you know? Yeah, so naturally it was my right side. Was it? Yeah. Excellent. Doctors told my mom that the minute I was born. Right, because yeah. I, 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 I used to work in a gym and there was a guy, a most wonderful man, and he had one arm and he came up to the desk once and he wanted some personal training sessions. I was like, yeah, great, of course. It's not a problem at all. And, um, and I was chatting to him and I, I, I've never forgotten like what I said to him, but what I meant was something completely different. And I said to him, like, I think, let's just say, uh, I think he didn't have a right arm. Um, and I said to him, are you left-handed? And he was like, well, yeah, obviously. And I was like, no, I meant like, I meant, are you left dominant or are you right dominant? Yeah. Because it would affect the way his legs, like the strength in his legs and the way his body operated. And it was just interested, like in terms of balance and stuff like that. But that's not what I said. I said to him, are you left-handed? Like in the most <laughs> cat, like crass way ever. And I just died a thousand deaths. And luckily he totally understood that Yeah, that's not what I meant. But yeah, that's really interesting. So what was it? So I suppose you're not aware you've ever really had to train your left side or have you found yourself fighting that a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, like a massive problem I have anyway is because of my injury, I kind of have this like natural shift in my body where I kind yeah. of position myself a bit weirdly. So yeah. like running is like really weird for me. I could imagine. So like my top half is always over my legs, which is really dangerous. I know it sounds bad. But... What, you kind of you kind of cave forward as you run yeah i kind of lean forward yeah yeah i think it's just a balanced thing that my body does automatically i'm not sure yeah um, but yeah obviously in my legs as well like my right leg was always a lot more powerful than my left okay because i'm not sure if it is because i was like naturally right-sided when you're playing football did you notice you you felt more right-sided than left-sided playing football Yes, yeah, so playing football was a bit weird. Like I'd use my left more, but when it came to using like my right leg, which I could, I could like switch between the you two. You had like a natural ability with that. Yeah, um, my right was always more powerful. Right. Yeah. 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 Isn't that yeah, that's so fascinating? I find that incredibly fascinating. <laughs> that's, uh, the, the human body is incredible, isn't it? 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like like I said earlier, I've got my pet muscle controlling my biceps. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's astounding. That's that's just a feat of amazingness, in my opinion. Um, and it's incredible what people can do. I mean, I have a heart condition myself, um, which I think is why I kind of empathise a lot with this kind of conversation. Just because you know, my my life could be very different. Um, I had my operation had gone a different way and I like you, you know, I've been in hospitals and I've seen people with my condition and they, they're not as fortunate as I was. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. And it, it and that I, I found that a very, I remember I was at drama school and I went to the hospital and it hit home, really hit home. And, um, I found that a very humbling experience, a very humbling experience. And I suppose when I got into personal training, I never realized there was this chasm, for disabled people. I never even thought about it. And I think actually, in fairness, a lot of personal trainers just don't think about it. Just, it, it's just not on their radar. You know, it's just not something they imagine exists or they've never had to confront themselves. But I think having these kinds of conversations and empowering, and hopefully like if a trainer is listening to this, they might have learned a thing or two about, you know, if a disabled client does come up to them, how, like how that conversation should go. Um, and how to keep that developing that and 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 then you're changing someone's life which is the most incredible thing you could do i mean i'm sure natalie would attest to how much you know i've impacted her life and that's fantastic and and that should be able to be repeated for so many people yeah i think like you said it, it's so so important and half the time it's it's just a conversation away it's nothing more than a conversation away that's, but and that's true of anything isn't it like that's yeah. true of like that's true of a miscommunication with my fiance that's true of a row between me and my parents that's true of like me trying to discipline my nephew or my nieces if they've been naughty or whatever it, it's just a conversation and the less the less scared you are of just being honest open and having that conversation the better it will be for you and the better it will be for your client yeah I mean, it's the same for any client, right? Like you need to have that conversation to establish their goals and to figure out a way forward together. And it's no different for, for a disabled person or anyone. Like it's literally the standard of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it should be, I think, I think like on, on the PT course day one, it shouldn't be, these are the muscles of the body, learn human anatomy and everything else. It should be, okay, how do you talk to someone? Yeah exactly that'll yeah. make a huge difference from that absolutely fantastic this has been an incredible chat daniel absolutely incredible uh my mind is blown um so tell everyone how they can get in touch with you how they can find out more about unlimited you is it for only disabled people no okay <laughs> like, like you said earlier like anybody has an ache or a pain or anybody you know one day like they might not fancy giving it their all and they might think just want to do a seated workout for a change literally yeah. it's for it's for anybody it's just that we just so happen to use all disabled um athletes um and yeah typically the workouts will be um separated into upper body and lower body as well um but yeah that's just for ease more than anything but literally that that is one thing like it's not just for disabled people um literally anybody will be able to do these workouts and if people come and look at them they'll probably be surprised because they're not any different to any other workout who knew who knew a disabled person needed to 
do a deadlift, do a squat, do a bench press. You know, exactly. you might you might need to adapt it slightly, but who knew their body needed that as much as any other body? Yeah. No, that's brilliant. So, how do people get in touch with it? How do people find out more about it? What's what's the what's the situation there? Yeah. So, obviously, I've got uh, my Instagram page. Um, I haven't posted yet. You haven't. You need no. to get over there. Come on, chop chop. No, I've been trying to get all the content done. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do like check messages and stuff like that. So feel free to reach out. Um, and yeah, um, I'll be hopefully posting soon. So watch out for all the content. I'll be overloading everyone, catching up for all the time that I've missed. Yeah, get like three years of content in a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. Well, Daniel, uh, thanks for coming on and thanks for chatting and being so open and honest about how yeah how things need to improve and how things should change. Um, and I think the lessons in this should be stretched out not just to fitness but life in general hey um and that make that made the world a much better place for everybody involved so from the bottom of my heart um and from the bottom of my listeners heart thank you so much for giving up your time today to chat about everything and i wish you all the best with it it sounds like a phenomenal project and um and yeah if there's anything you you need help with or need any advice on anything or anything then please feel free to drop me a message and I'll, i'll be more than happy to help oh no thank you so much for having me on it's been a pleasure absolute joy cool right well you have a lovely day and uh i'll speak to you very soon all right you too i really hope you enjoyed that chat and please go and check out unlimited you fit if it sounds like it's something you'd like to get involved in because it really is a fantastic a really fantastic idea and a great project to go and support Thank you so much for being here. As always, I really, really appreciate it. As I mentioned in the intro, the Fitness Collective is wide open for you to join. It's only £20 a month and you get coaching from me, you get weekly coaching calls, you get all my video manuals, you get all of my workouts, you get all of my written manuals all about calories, all about the scale strategy, how to improve your relationship with the scale and everything else. So if you like my work, If you think you need to get started on some sort of fitness journey and you want to start figuring out how to lose weight, then you are more than welcome to check it out. As I mentioned, it is in the show notes below. That's it from me. I hope you have the most amazing week. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great day.